This episode of Couch Communion is dedicated to anybody who said the phrase, I was wrong, and was able to learn from the mistake that they made and apologize for that mistake in a genuine way. Also, a trigger warning for our listeners, there is some brief discussion of suicidal ideation and abuse in this episode. Uh, We do warn you before it comes up, but just wanted to let you know that that's there in case you want to take a step back and maybe not listen. I'm Jordan. I'm Sarah. And this is Couch Communion. Yay! Welcome to the couch. I'm just really glad we did it right that time. <laughs> it's been a, a time. Um, how are you? How are things? You know, I'm making it, man. Yeah. I'm breathing. Perfect. I'm mobile. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have eaten and drank. <laughs> fantastic that's where i'm at right now you know actually i did just i did get an email today from my committee advisor um that the edits that i made to my proposal look good good and then she gave me like a whole list of things to keep working on and yeah it's like okay but i can i, I can work with this <laughs> okay but you said this looks good so I, I can work with this yeah well good for those of you who don't know uh i got in a bit tr- bit of trouble with my proposal committee, or my, my research committee. A wee dissert- bit of trouble. <laughs> for my dissertation. Um, you know. It's fine. It was a miscommunication. It's not like you actually did something No, harmful, I didn't do anything you know? that would get me into trouble with, like, IRB or, mm-hmm. like, treating human subjects wrong or anything <laughs> right, like that. Right, right. I just overstepped. Yeah. Because uh, I was confused. And now I have to start over. So... That's been fun. Prayers for Jordan and her sanity. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers, please. It's been great. Yeah. Well, um... How are you, though? How are things? Oh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Had a lovely Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. And we hope that all of you had a lovely Thanksgiving and ate lots of food. Oh, I, yes. I get. I have pretty much finished my leftovers, which is good because I've now gotten to a point where I'm done. Thanksgiving leftovers, that's the only time I ever really want to eat leftovers. Yeah. And I love them so much because I basically just, it's all the food I only get once a year. Yeah. So. Well, Mark had sweet potato casserole uh, every day for a week and two days. I would have too. And he had a streak going and Mm -hmm. then it it ended today. (laughs) Oh, well, I had a lot of corn pudding. Mm. And it was very good. Mm. It was very good. I don't know why I don't make it for the rest of the year. It's not like yeah, you can only eat it on high holidays or something. But Yeah, corn pudding's not exactly one of those holy foods, I don't think. No, no. no. So, but yeah. Yeah, it's been good. Good. So today, we are talking about... Aujourd'hui. Aujourd'hui. Uh, news... Psalms, Paul. 
Um, this is a this is a strange verb construction you're bringing in. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we we are going to hang on. No, it's been a long time. Forgive us, Madam Lambert. But we are going to talk about a big topic. We're actually going to kind of do two episodes. Yeah, yeah. This is a two parter. So for this episode, Jordan's going to be talking about cancel culture mm-hmm. in general. Gonna gonna lay the Ish. groundwork. Yeah. For our next episode, which is semi-holiday mm-hmm. related. Yes. Um, but I want to lay some groundwork before we get to that so that we're all on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And this is kind of a hot topic. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a hot topic. Oh, I mean, it's been for, a hot you know, topic for a long time. Yeah. yeah. But every, every once in a while, someone new is getting canceled. And yeah. so, you know, it's always kind of on everyone's minds. So we wanted to talk about what is it? Why is it? Where is it? Who is it? How is it? <laughs> Who's affected by it? And why should Christians care? Or how should we respond? Um, respond? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I feel like um, I've learned a lot about cancel culture in the past couple of months because I've had some training uh, with some lessons I was teaching that had to do with unconscious bias. And then we used the cancel culture as an example to talk about how to talk about um, difficult conversations how to how to you know live in those uncomfortable spaces um and so I learned a lot about cancel culture and it was something where I kind of had a ideology kind of shift when I learned more about it Mm -hmm. um yeah I kind of backed off a little bit Mm -hmm. I think with my with my perspective on cancel culture based on what I was I was reading and looking at so so it's been an interesting topic for me to research yeah I uh I have I have a lot of notes (laughs) I'm very interested to hear your notes. So, but when you think about cancel culture, I just want to like get like the atmosphere going here. Uh, What's the most recent thing or person that you encountered that had been like canceled? Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Oh, I don't know this one. Why did? Oh no, I did know this one. Comedy special talking about transgender people. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, cancels maybe. I don't know. And this, I'm sure we'll get more into this, but it's like, I guess he was canceled. He's fine. Yeah. It's, you know, but that's the, that's the most recent kind of public outrage situation that I can think of, of people, especially online kind of rallying and speaking out against something and someone, um, and that person having consequences for it, I guess of like, I don't know if Netflix, Netflix kind of took some heat on that one, too. They did, because they, they, what they did seemed, I mean, like, a lot of people were like, this is not a response that's adequate. Right. So, um, yeah. Which, you know, I think there's some merit to that, that, mm-hmm. you know, they needed to have a, a more swift and clear response. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of, I, I think that it's an important point to bring up, too. It's like, when you're canceling, quote, unquote, somebody, mm-hmm. like, what really are you doing? Yeah. Because, like. The higher up your status goes, the less likely that cancel culture is really going to, like, impact you a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, people that are generally average people who had a voice for something for five seconds Mm -hmm. that get canceled get canceled. Yeah. Um, And it can be really crazy. Yeah. Um, But the the term cancel culture... uh, most people attribute to a 
uh, a movie called New Jack City that came out in 1991 um, with Wesley Snipes, I think. Okay. Um, and it was a line from the movie. Generally speaking, um, cancel culture from that point f- forward was used to talk – well, it was more like canceling, less cancel culture, but like canceling someone mm-hmm. a lot of times had to do with relationships. Okay. Um, and not so much just like public figures. Uh, but when we talk about cancel culture today, that how I am going to be talking about it, um, it's defined by Macmillan Dictionary as the practice of no longer supporting people, especially celebrities or products that are regarded as unacceptable or problematic. Um, and so uh, it's going to be interesting when we talk about the Christian perspective on this, on how that's reframed mm-hmm. uh, by a lot of Christian leaders when they talk about what cancel culture is. Um, and, and, and I think it, it, it really explains a lot about how the current perspective in Christianity is toward cancel culture. Um, but a lot of times when we see cancel culture come out in the news or people talking about it, a lot of times what you're seeing, or at least recently, what you've been, what we've been seeing is people calling out, um, more left positions um, and say that people will cancel anyone not overly progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of backlash against like um, the, the liberal community in that like we'll cancel anybody that doesn't agree with us kind of a thing, um, which is not, ne- which is not entirely true. It's not entirely wrong either. Mm-hmm. Um, PBS NewsHour has a really great video called cancel culture debate bubbles up in politics and beyond. Um, that kind of gives a little bit of groundwork on what cancel culture is and how it's appeared in our politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and they interview a guy named Thomas Chatterton Williams, um, who helped to pin a letter to Harper's Magazine um, a couple of years ago, which called out um, the climate that cancel culture creates. Um, and so that climate, he says, it's it's a climate in politics where people have to be uh, really careful about what they say um, and they end up tripping over what he said he says tripping over new norms that are not yet identified and established and then people are then called out on social media and he says it quote burns like a raging fire reaches their employer and then doesn't stop until the person loses their job or loses their position or their you know loses something mm-hmm. um, that people get so enraged about it that they they want to see some loss they want to see a little bit of that pound of flesh happen mm-hmm. um, because of because of something where they tripped over something they didn't necessarily know was the wrong thing to say mm-hmm. now. Obviously, some people know when stuff's not the right thing to say. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of arguments about political correctness that come into here. That's like a lot of people get canceled over not being politically correct, Um, which is a whole other issue entirely. Yeah, we could have a whole other episode about what is political correctness. Uh, Because there's a difference between arbitrary political correctness and like being respectful. Right, just being a not mean person. Exactly. Yeah. Like, (laughs) A lot of what people are calling out as cancel culture is people just trying to correct other people for saying things that are generally ignorant mm-hmm. or harmful. Mm-hmm. Well, in this PBS video, it also um, it brings out a couple of um, examples that uh, show that this happens on both sides of the political spectrum. The first one that they brought up was Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Um, getting quote unquote canceled 
by the right, he lost his job. Right. I mean, like, he, right. He spoke out against something that he believed in mm-hmm. and he lost his job. Now, there's plenty of people who speak out against things that they believe in and lose their jobs that, like, I definitely don't agree with the thing that they believed in. <laughs> right, right. Colin Kaepernick, I can I, I can look at that and go, this is this is unrighteous canceling because yeah. I, I agree with the thing that he was called out for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a very weird area to be, like, thinking about mm-hmm. because then suddenly you have to step outside of yourself and go, okay, from their perspective, this is what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective... It's a different story that's happening. And so I think cancel culture is really like it's it's this difficult thing for me because like I do think people should be held accountable. But you have to think about as well what is what is necessary to be held accountable for and what is necessary to protect in terms of like free speech and like, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. And it, it boils down to like when are you harming a person mm-hmm. and when are you just – landing in a camp you know in a in a section of belief so um another example they brought up was um the this one i didn't know actually this was really interesting um the leadership of the poetry foundation of of an organization that like i follow on twitter and that i followed closely for many years clearly not closely enough (laughs) Um, they had what people called was a quote unquote tepid response to the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and subsequently their leadership resigned, like their entire leadership team resigned Dang. because of the public outcry. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting situation in itself because you're looking at um, what politically would be called the left calling out a foundation that probably is more left also the left yeah, yeah. so yeah. that was that was really interesting hmm. um and so this guy uh thomas tratterton williams he wrote this big letter or he co-wrote this big letter calling out this culture and it had just a billion signatures from artists and musicians and you know all of these people who with prominent names um some of them jk rowling uh, had already been canceled themselves uh, yeah. in in popular circles um, and on social media. Um, and he said that he wanted to carve out a space between the two extremes of cancel culture. Um, but people who, who saw this letter as tone deaf um, said that the idea of cancel culture as an opportunity was um, – The idea of cancel culture is an opportunity to speak more about people's perspectives and boost perspectives that you agree with. The cancel culture is not so much about hurting people as it is giving everybody the opportunity and the space to have a voice. Mm -hmm. And what this letter did not do was it didn't acknowledge the fact that um, there have been voices that have been canceled and marginalized for centuries. Right. Um, and that canceling is not a new thing. Mm-hmm. Censorship is not a new thing. Uh, it's just a power dynamic. And who gets canceled is really what's changing here. Mm. Um, and so 
some feel that cancel culture is telling is, is just is just us telling big names in media, big names in pop culture, big names in general, um, that we don't like them. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and that that's an important, you know, part of the whole information sharing network that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think uh, coming out of that, I think it's both. I think there's a lot of harm that happens in cancel culture. Um, but I think that there's also a lot of good that can happen, too, mm-hmm. in terms of giving voice to the voiceless. Um, and I'm, so, I'm interested to hear kind of your perspective on that. Um, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts, I guess. I, on the one hand, agree that I think that... There are, well, first of all, I think it's hard because even the concept of what is canceling and what is cancel culture is so, like, um, unclear now. Like, in the beginning, I think it was pretty obvious, especially when, like, the word cancel kind of started being big and everyone was canceled and this is canceled and that's canceled. Like, we all knew what it was. Now you have things like, I remember uh, Jenna Marbles, who, mm-hmm. um, if you don't know who Jenna Marbles is, please go on YouTube. She's and fantastic. Enjoy. But she was one of... I want to be tall. <laughs> I want to be a tall person. <laughs> she was literally one of my favorite people on this earth. I mean, she is. She's still alive. It's not like she died. Yeah. Um, but there was a whole incident where she was... Someone on Twitter kind of called her out for making some problematic videos in the past she had done, um, I don't remember if she had done blackface. She had done, like, a Chinese kind of character mm-hmm. or something. Um, and so she made a video addressing that and said that she was going to just take some time off from social media. And literally, that was, like, a year and a half ago. She has not been on social media yeah. since. Quit her podcast. I mean, just, like, ghost. Which, good for her. Like, that's her prerogative and... She doesn't owe anyone anything. But a lot of people after that were like, oh my gosh, y'all canceled Jenna. How could you do that? And when the truth is, she canceled herself. Like, no one was demanding that she leave the internet. And in those moments, she made a huge effort to self-examine. Yes. And she apologized thoroughly. Right. And she, I mean, in terms of, like, self-evaluation she did it right right like i mean i don't know that i would have said hey don't ever get back on social media ever again Mm -hmm. but um she took the steps that i would hope somebody would take yes she's also someone that her audience knew i think fairly well and those a lot of times when people get canceled it's over things i don't want to say a lot of times sometimes Seems like the biggest stories are over, like, things that they did a long time Mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. And this was genuinely an example of someone who had learned and grown and was obviously not that same person and was active in supporting marginalized communities. And um, those were just, you know, things she shouldn't have done. Right. Um, But she had grown and learned. And Mm -hmm. so that's an opportunity where, like... Really, you know, I think that's why no one was really even demanding that because everyone who knew Jenna was like, oh, yeah, she's gotten over that. That was kind of messed up that she did that. Maybe she should take this down and apologize. But like, yeah, that's what whatever. I'm wondering is that like, I know that she had made progress before anybody had ever called her out. Yeah. On yeah. Anything. It's like, why didn't she take it down 
beforehand. Yeah, and, and they might have been. See, I don't remember the whole story. And that's the thing about the internet too is that like you can take stuff down, but somebody's got it somewhere. It lives forever, right. forever. That's the problem of social media too is that like it's always there. It's never mm. gonna go away. Listen, the cringy stuff that comes up on my memories on Facebook. I don't even. Uh, I can't. It's awful. There's a really great video um, by Jubilee on YouTube um, that's what, part of their Middle Ground series. I love that. I could yeah. watch those all day. And it's called Should We Cancel Celebrities for Their Crimes? Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about this. And one of the guys that's on there, his name is Adib. He says, humans are a series of impulses on a spectrum of time. The issue with cancel culture is it's kind of like you have to cut you. um, Oh, it's kind of like you have a cut on your arm. Let's just cut your whole arm off. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's I mean, that's kind of the issue that I have with cancel culture is that like um, you're going to dig in people's pasts. You're going to find stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you are going to find stuff Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't vibe with the current day Mm -hmm. because the current day is always changing and we're learning new things all the time. And we're, we're hopefully, and in, in, in my perspective, I I like to try and feel like we are getting better. We Mm -hmm. are trying to get better. Um, but then of course, one of the people who is kind of on the opposite end, Seth, he says, but you can't bring down a kingpin without bringing down the organization that he built. And and so you're it, you're left with this like weird imbalance where it's like yeah, this person needs to be held accountable for the things that they're doing, but what is too much? What's too far? Yeah, and I think it just depends on what the allegation or I mean the like crime is a big word, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. you know, if someone makes a comment that is culturally insensitive mm-hmm. and genuinely hadn't really thought about that before and they get called out on it and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I hadn't, you know, I was ignorant and I'm sorry. That's one thing. If someone's like a pedophile, yeah, I mean, time to get canceled. Like, well, you know what I mean? It's just, there's the a spectrum. Here's the thing with that. I think that a lot of times on social media we get the sense that we have th- that we have the right to be judge jury and executioner mm-hmm. do, do i think that pedophiles need to be held accountable absolutely yes. freaking yes yeah am i the one responsible for that for calling it out yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely but for pushing the extreme mm-hmm. of of you know, their social downfall. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say it. It really burns me up to say it. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the right to a trial by jury. And I think oh, that's, well, yeah. you know, I think that's true in any circumstance. I'm not just talking about like the literal trial by by jury. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like our system and how we, how we operate. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a difference between my justice and like righteous justice. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. I think another thing though to take into account is what kind of platform someone has. Yeah. Because you know, if you're just uh, kind of like you said someone who has like 5 minutes of limelight and they say something and get canceled. Whatever. But when it's like someone who actually has a lot of influence and they have actually um 
uh, harmful opinions or actions that they do. Like, I mean, not this is a really obvious example, but like Jake Paul. Gosh, I wish he had been fully canceled and bullied off the (laughs) internet. Not bullied off the internet, but like his platform, he influences so many young people. Mm -hmm. And it's not for me, especially the social media aspect of it. It's not so much about like, I want to, we need to ruin their lives. I think it's, and again, also like don't bully people on the internet and tell them to kill themselves and et cetera, et cetera. That should, that should go without saying. That's not what I want either. Right. But I think it's an interesting, um, and I think social media is just such a huge cloud of unknown, just people out here winging it. Like we're learning every day. And so it almost seems like a... What's like a self-regulating organism in a way where like if someone is problematic, I hate to even Mm -hmm. use that word, but like and the jury is all of social media and they decide that that person does not deserve a platform. I don't know. Like, is that and that's the big valid? Yeah. And does, you know, if someone is making hurtful content. Should they have a platform and be allowed to influence other people? And the natural repercussions of just like... So we I said earlier, because we were talking about this uh, topic, and I don't even want to really go into the whole story because it's disgusting, but the guy that has a podcast who talked about mm, fat yep. women and made quote-unquote jokes about literally like mutilating their yeah, bodies yeah. and performing sexual acts. Anyway... He's now trying to say that, like, that was all a joke and I'm a comedian and this cancel culture, you just can't say anything anymore. And it's like, dude, A, that was a gross thing. You never should have said it. B, now you're just dealing with the consequences of your actions of people realizing that you're a gross person yeah. and they don't want to watch you it's, anymore. And, and I think <laughs> I think people try to use cancel culture as, like, a defense. It's like, I'm being canceled. Yeah. But in reality, like... Um, the thing that they that he can't accept is that your joke wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. It, it wasn't good. It wasn't in good taste. It wasn't funny. People didn't like it. It wasn't a joke. You were just revealing yourself as like a sociopath. But here's my question though. Yeah. Does Jake Paul or that guy mm-hmm. or people with large social platforms, mm-hmm. do they deserve an opportunity to change? I think yes. And who gets to decide that? I is mean, it is it the public mob or is it the corporations or is it, you know, just us as individuals mm-hmm. being able to say like I'm not going to support that mm-hmm. y'all do you, but I as an individual am going to decide, hey I don't like this, or or should it be a corporate or collective collective decision to prevent everybody from interacting with that material? Mm-hmm. Like who gets to decide what we all agree with? You know. Right. I think, again, you know, if something is, like, say, we'll just keep using Jake Paul as an example, and YouTube, and whether or not they allow his videos to have a platform, right? Right. And I think, was that Jake or was that Logan? Let me let me switch to Logan Paul for a second, which, if <laughs> some of y'all may have no idea who these people are, and that's okay. They're, they were on Vine. They became YouTube celebrities. They got huge, and, like, up to a point where... I think they kind of lost touch a little bit. There was an incident where Logan Paul was in a Japanese place. It's called the Suicide Forest. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And he, trigger warning for death and 
uh, self-harm, etc. Um, but he filmed the body of a person who had completed suicide in this forest. Yeah. Naturally, very bad thing. Uh, but it was trending on YouTube for like yeah, way too long yeah. and people were really upset about it. I know that's an extreme example. It is. That's and I like mean- one of the worst things you could do. But as an example in that, I think at that point, it is a corporation of YouTube's response to say, we need to cut that out. For we need sure. to shut that down. We need to shut him down for a little bit because he obviously cannot be trusted with this platform. Right. It's not always that black and white. Nothing is. Yeah. And, and that's, is. A, that's a situation, too, where, like, it was a very clear, not only break of community guidelines yes. for YouTube, yeah. it was a very clear break from a just kind of a social Mm -hmm. truth and social norm of like what you do and don't do. Yeah. Um, And I, and I, I think, I think it gets the grayer those lines get, the harder it gets to decide who, who gets the power in that situation. And that's the difficulty that I have with cancel culture. Cause I, you know, I told you before we started recording that like, I do kind of fall on the anti cancel culture side of things, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of, parts of the issue that I rest on both sides because yeah. like it's it's really difficult to to mediate like who gets to who who gets to say what's right and wrong mm-hmm. but also and you know and that it's important for us to call out the wrong mm-hmm. but also like do do we have the right to say you don't even have the opportunity to try anymore you know? Right. And I think on another note of who should be able to um, have that power, I think it's also important to look at the communities that are hurt by what people do. Because yes. it's super easy for yes. me or you to sit here and be like, yeah, J.K. Rowling's transphobic, but like, whatever. I love Harry Potter. We're not transgender. Exactly. It doesn't affect us. Exactly. Right. Um, Jenna's blackface. I, I can sit here. Ooh, I can sit here all day and say like, oh, it was a long time ago. I'm not black. Right. I'm not a person of color. It does not affect That's me. That's not a systemic so, issue that, like, that is eating at you every day. Right. So right. it's so easy to be like, right. you guys are being overreactionary when you cancel people. That's. Um, I mean, and that's one of the points that was brought up in that in that PBS News News Hour video is that like, there's so much focus on, or maybe it wasn't that one. I think it was another article that I was reading. Anyway, there's so much focus on the person who caused the harm and not enough focus on the person who is harmed or the peoples that are harmed. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of it starts pushing to extremes when it's like, we need to focus on this person and what they did. Yeah. Instead of focusing on why is what they did harmful to these people? Yes. What is the root issue? Um, And that's a very good point too. And I think that just the nature of social media and the fact that, it's the same, you know, it's the same reason that um, online cyberbullying and all that stuff kind of found its rise with social media is that people are anonymous in a way yeah. Yeah. online. Even if they're not anonymous, they feel like they feel like they are. They're distanced. You're behind yeah. a screen. You're yeah. behind a phone. You can say whatever you want. So right. even if I would never tell Jake Paul to, you know, go jump off a cliff in real life, obviously I would never do that. But when you're behind a phone, it's so much easier to jump on the bandwagon and be reactionary mm-hmm. and just ride the wave and be like, yeah, cancel him, destroy his whole life, make sure he never has a job ever again, you know, which 
I'm not for. But right, because right. I I do agree, and I think you and I maybe we disagree on some things, but I think ultimately we agree that everyone can change. Right. I think everyone should be allowed to change. I think sometimes maybe you need to hop off your platform for a little while and then come back, learn and grow and then have the opportunity to re-enter. Right. And I, and I agree with you there. I think, I, I think we do need to be able to assess what forms of responsibility we can handle while we're learning. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and people oftentimes can't be trusted with that w- with that decision, mm-hmm. and so those decisions get made for them. Um, I, you know, I th- I think I have to believe that everybody can be redeemed. I ha- I have to believe that. Like yeah. that's yeah, that is a given for me. I can't I cannot go back on that. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I have to wrestle with it. But I agree. I think you know, I <laughs> I think you do have to look at it and go, okay, okay, maybe you shouldn't be steering this ship yeah while you don't understand you know the people that are on it the harm that you you are right you don't see that you're running it into other boats right and this is this is kind of the direction that i you know was hoping we're going because i was hoping to get to um this uh article post writing by adrian adrian marie brown who is a she's a prominent writer and activist and black feminist um she's Amazing. Um, but she wrote this this piece called Unthinkable Thoughts, Call Out Culture in the Age of COVID-19. Um, and it it covers a lot in this in this very long <laughs> piece of writing. Um, but one of the big things that jump out to me, this idea of uh, choosing life. And she says choosing life means being able to admit we are wrong when new information presents itself about the dangers around and among us. And so we have to be able to to recognize that and to choose the path, quote unquote, of, of, of life um, in that it's ever changing. It's ever, you know, growing. We are learning. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she calls out that there's a, she calls out this difference between what we call a calling out and a canceling. Um, and she says, this is not a case against call outs. There's absolutely a need for certain call outs when power is great in, is greatly imbalanced and multiple efforts have been made to stop ongoing harm. When someone uh, accused of harming won't participate in community accountability processes, the call out is a way of pulling an emergency break, but it should be a last option. Mm-hmm. And I think I have to agree with her there that um, as a community, and and here we're talking about like just the world. (laughs) Yeah. A very large community. Yes. But as a community and as a culture with all of its different ideologies and all of its different identities and all of its different peoples, you know, I I, I think social media can be a very beautiful thing in that we have the opportunity to hear from all of those voices that have been silenced for centuries and to learn and to say, okay, as a community, how do we get better? Mm-hmm. And how do we make things better? And if we're not participating in that discourse and in that process, that's when things start to break down. And so if we can't listen in those moments on both 
ends of, you know, hey, I think this thing is really harmful. Okay, well, here's where I'm coming from. Oh, well, maybe it's not harmful in the way that I thought it was. Oh, well, maybe I need to phrase it differently. You know, like having those difficult conversations, if we're not doing that, Mm -hmm. and there's continual, you know, friction there, that's when we need to call people out. Yeah. You know, um, you know, overall, critics of cancel culture are saying that it's too extreme and it doesn't have um, room for accountability mm-hmm. and redress. Yeah. Which I kind of have to agree with that, like, when you get to the extremes of cancel culture, like, we don't want to hear it. We're like, okay. To the point where, like, when people apologize and give a genuine – I see it so rarely. But when you do see those genuine apologies that say things like, instead of saying, I'm sorry you feel that way, mm-hmm. they say things like, I'm sorry the things that I said caused harm yeah. or the things that I did car- caused harm. And then they take that step further and they say, and here's what I'm going to do to change. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see those, like the extremes of cancel culture won't listen to that. Mm-hmm. They're like, too Not late. good enough. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not good enough. I don't believe you. This is a PR stunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't know if that's genuine. You yeah. Know, we don't, we don't have any way of knowing that. Yeah. So I have to trust that like, some people are trying. <laughs> yeah. People and I trying. think that's a situation in where, like, when you've, I mean, this sounds a little dramatic to put it this way, but, like, when you've broken someone's trust. Yeah. And you apologize. Yeah. It makes sense that that person might be like, I don't know. I mean, an apology is great, but I need to see your results. Yeah. And so I think it's an ongoing and I think a lot of times that does play out. The ongoing results just usually aren't covered as much. Right. But, like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example of someone who was canceled and came back. But, I mean, like, that's a that's a really good point, though, that, like, we love the drama of the canceling. Right, yeah. So we're not going to listen to, like, the redemption story. Exactly. Which, man, like, there is drama in a redemption story. I think there it's really is. cool yeah. Yeah. to think about somebody, like, that changed their mind. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, then said, I am going to stop this harmful behavior right. and look at this. And then people slowly get back on board and they trust them again and like it's okay (laughs) and maybe that's the nature of of the call out is Mm -hmm. that like it's not a one-time thing that it's you call somebody out Mm -hmm. and then it's the community's job and it's the the collective's job to monitor and push that person to progress and lift them to Mm -hmm. progress Mm -hmm. you know yeah and i don't know that we're willing to do that yeah a lot of times yeah i think and again, I a lot of times with cancel culture, I immediately go to like the most extreme things. And so it's like who, you know, if someone again, I'm not from. I mean, I'm a woman, but I'm not from like a super marginalized community. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this also goes into like whose job is it to educate people like mm-hmm. who is who's responsible for educating white people about. No, that's very true. The marginalization of people of color. Right. Like. If someone makes a racist statement, I don't know that we should expect people of color to be like, that's okay. Let me help you, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's where, like, because white people don't step in and do that for them. Yes. Like, it's kind of our responsibility to do. Um, And so just canceling them gets it done a lot quicker, you know? Yeah. No, I think that's a good point because, like, I think... um, that says a lot, too, about how we draw lines of community mm-hmm. and that, like, white people are not willing to be a part of the ally or co-conspirator community right. of saying, like, okay, it's my job 
you okay you are a white person who said something insensitive about yeah. people of color mm-hmm. it's my job as a white person to say no 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 yeah no here let me educate you yeah it is not the job of the person who's been hurt right because um, more often than not we defend each other and right we go well he didn't really mean it he wasn't he's not racist right he has black friends what are you talking about he's a rapper he understands oh the black God. community you know what i mean oh like God. that kind of stuff which yeah no but you're absolutely right yeah i think it's uh we have to we have to clearly define like as community what do we mean by that and who do we yeah. mean by that um in terms of of whose responsibility is it to guide yeah you know yeah and that's that's something that gets sticky in terms of like everything i'm reading from christian perspectives about cancel culture it is so funny, not funny. <laughs> it's not haha funny, it is but so interesting funny. Heartbreaking to read all of these articles that talk about like what we as Christians should do, but the way they talk about it, you can tell that they are saying Christians as a well, everybody is is should be a everybody out there is mm-hmm. a Christian and mm-hmm. as Christians as a Christian nation, yeah, this is how we should respond to things, yeah. And I think what we have to remember is that we need to preserve community and have uncomfortable conversations without leaving people behind, both leaving marginalized people behind, but also without leaving leaving people behind to wallow in what they're doing and keep doing it and keep being angry and keep being you know problematic um and we need to be understanding be accurate and remember that there are many truths out there i think you bring up a good point which is that i'm also i am also a big believer in um how do i want to put this like not just arguing to argue, but arguing to understand. Because if you're just arguing to argue, what's the point? Right. What's the point? You know what I mean? If you meet someone who has an opinion that differs from you, and you either don't engage with them, or you just shut them down, no one's... That's not doing anything. You're not changing anyone, right? Like, right. Right. And not to sound, like, evangelistic here, but if you believe that your position is right, then... And it's, like, good for the world, good for your community. I, you should, even though it sucks to do it sometimes, yeah. it's a pain, and you shouldn't have to, but we live in a society, so, like, you might have to engage that person in a discussion to change them over to your side, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you can't just, and this goes along with the echo chamber, you can't just isolate yourself with people who all think the exact same as you, right? or you won't grow and they'll never grow. <laughs> and I think too with that understanding of like listening to understand and like actively like engaging in uncomfortable conversations, I think we're able to grapple with the fact that like we may not agree on some things a, a lot better if we can have those conversations. Yeah. You know, there are some things that like morally collectively as a whole we agree are wrong. And and People need to be accountable in not only, like, a personal way, but, like, a legal way. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. things that they do. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I could go off on a lot of different directions there about, like, what what um, a redemptive, redemptive, redemptive process is. And, you know, like, how our, puni- our uh, 
penal system? Pen- mm-hmm. <laughs> how, I hate that word. How yeah. our penal Not system. Not penile. <laughs> Yeah. Penal. <laughs> How our penal system is not a redemptive system mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But um, I, I never want to say that people don't need to be held accountable because they do. Um, but I think, I think, it, and this is where I want to get after the break, is that like, I think where we get into trouble with calling out cancel culture is when Christians step in and they try to step over this line and they say there's some kind of moral imperative that they get to decide who's right and who is wrong and that no one else has the right to decide that. Mm. Mm -hmm. And this gets sticky for me um, because I do believe in absolute truth. I do believe that. Yeah. I also fully recognize there are multiple truths out there. And that somebody else may believe in absolute truth in a very different way than I do. Now, and this gets back to episode one. Like, this gets back to, like, yeah, yeah. my very core fear of, like, do I have a backbone yeah. in terms of my beliefs? It's and all it's coming all together. Inter- you know, it's all intertwined there. <laughs> yeah. But I think there are ways that we can have tough conversations, accept other people's differences and still be an accountable community Mm -hmm. um have we figured that out no no um can we figure it out i think so i would hope so you know and so cancel culture is gonna be intertwined in that yeah and really the drama of cancel culture is all about how we use the term and when we use it and when we throw it at people right yeah but yeah yeah i i we're gonna we're going to talk more about like the specific Christian response um, to cancel culture and some real funny perspectives that I found. <laughs> it's funny in like a weird way. I'll get to it. But, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm interested. I'm intrigued, if you will. We will chat about that. But let's take a break. Yeah. Let's take a breather. Yeah. And then we'll jump back in. Sounds good. We are back. Welcome back to the couch. I had a moment to go get some milk to sip on to hopefully alleviate the terrible heartburn that I have right now. Yeah. The the child. The child makes having an esophagus difficult. (laughs) (laughs) This parasite that I love. We cherish, I cherish so much. Knit together in my womb by the Lord. <laughs> he ruins me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, PSA. Oh, bless you. Bless you, Eleanor. That was our producer, Ellie. She sneezed. She has sneezed. She good. And then she gazed at me with this, like, hopeless gaze. <laughs> You good? She looks like me after the end of every finals week in college ever. <laughs> just like just crashing. Just let me lie here. <laughs> if I lay here. <laughs> so anyway, cancel culture. 
let's, and the Christian response to it. Let's turn to a more cheery topic. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I found. Uh, so here's the thing. You Google things like, should Christians be involved in cancel culture? Um, you're not going to get a whole lot of reasonable responses to this. Right. Um, so I picked three articles that basically said all the same stuff. <laughs> but um, that, strangely enough, you know, like those those memes where, like, not the memes, but like the TikToks where like you see people like just run face first into the point and completely miss it. Yep. Uh, that's how it felt reading these. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, they got it, yeah. in my opinion. They got it. Mm-hmm. But they framed it in the most elitist way possible. Like, they did the work wrong, but somehow got the right answer? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the first one is from the fully reputable and absolutely peer-reviewed website, Got Questions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that bastion of <laughs> yeah. higher learning oh, and yes. academia. Gotquestions.org. Okay. It's an organization. Where their tagline is, got questions, uh, your questions, biblical answers. Oh. Um, what I love about got questions. <laughs> <laughs> it did turn funny. Um, <laughs> See? What I love about got questions is they show the question, and then they give you the answer in text, but they also they give you a video of like a woke worship leader. Oh no. Basically telling you the same answer that's there in text. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, they really want to reach you. Um, well, that way mega churches can play them in their services. That's exactly clips. why. Yeah. Oh gosh. I hate how right that is. I- <laughs> um, <laughs> but the question was, how should Christians respond to cancel culture? Um, I, my first bullet point is incredibly tone deaf. <laughs> this, this article this is article. tone deaf. Okay. Um, it's, well, it's not. It's just. It's just. It's it's just so wrong. Um, so, in the start of the article, they say they to their credit they say, um, abused women should come forward. Okay. We should believe survivors. Okay. And that corruption and illegality should be called out. But also, (laughs) however, yeah, the next two sentences go on to say that cancel culture, quote, the oh, that in that with cancel culture, quote, people can be ostracized, their reputation smeared and their careers ruined. All they although they have broken no laws or engaged in any malicious behavior. And like, I get what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but you cannot say abused women should come forward. And also let's not ruin people's reputations in the same breath. Yeah. You can't do that. Yes. That's not. But he still deserves to be a high paid physician. That's exactly what it (laughs) sounds like. Yeah. Um, You know, it sounds like, uh, you know, what we were hearing coming out of Brock Turner is is, is exactly what it sounds like. Exactly. Exactly. So that that's uh, that's kind of just the whole platform of the issue of this article. However, um, in terms of, like, how Christians should respond to people saying stupid stuff Mm -hmm. and doing things that are not acceptable, Mm -hmm. they kind of nailed it. Mm -hmm. Um, They just didn't – they just didn't nail it – it's like they nailed it, but sideways. Yeah. (laughs) It's like that sideways, right? (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, so basically, the, the article goes on to talk about how, like, accountability is key mm-hmm. when we're talking about canceling or when we're talking about calling people out, not retaliation. Yeah. Um, which I have to agree with. And so they, they outline some things that is wrong about the about what they call cancel culture, but I would call the extremes of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And that's the theme that runs through all three of these articles is that, like, when they define cancel culture, what they're talking about is the extreme. Right. They're not talking about calling out they're not talking about like the simple hey we're not gonna we are not gonna tolerate this so we're boycotting like they're talking yeah. about like the really far extremes right um they say cancel culture is rash okay that it um that it is uh there's little concern for due process it's immediate it's snap judgments it mm-hmm. does not take you know everything into account what i like about this article there's so few things. What I, what I like about this article <laughs> is that they bring in specific. Hey, could you stop touching I'm your so mic sorry. for just a second? I talk with my hands. <laughs> um, they they talk. They bring in specific out of context um, <laughs> biblical verses mm-hmm. to talk about how we should respond. Mm-hmm. Some of these, when I look at it, I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. But some of them are are I think are pretty legit. Um, when they say cancel culture is rash and then it's about snap judgments and all this stuff, they say, you know, we look to Proverbs 4.26, which is give careful thought to the paths for your feet, um, which okay. like is an all encompassing kind of vague, advice, vague, but it's, you know, it, it leads us to talk about like a good thing, which is let's, ha- let's take a step back for a moment, which mm-hmm. people rarely do on social media mm-hmm. and think about what's the best course of action here. Which I think is a responsibility that Christians have. Yeah. You know, to, yeah. to like actually think about how your actions are going to yes. impact the yes. world. They also bring in Titus 2.12, which is the only two words they brought in from the verses live sensibly. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, guys. Try a little uh, harder. Oh, my gosh. Um, they also say cancel culture is spiteful, uh, that it has a lot of hate-filled speech, and it shouldn't be present, that, that should not be present in Christian life. And I'm like, okay. Again, that's the extremes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just have to go back to that Titus moment for yeah. one second because that makes me think of when, like, high schoolers have to write a paper at, that's, like, an academic paper and cite their sources. Let me correct you. College freshmen. Well. Because I grade their papers. Well, yeah, that too. But when they will, like, have a whole paragraph and then, like, literally quote two words and then be like... <laughs> Robertson et al. 1985 from the journal, da 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 da, just so they could say, like, they had their sources. Was significant. Yes. Yeah. Quote, quote. And then, like, 20 sources for it for two words. I'm sorry, that was all. No, no. I 100% <laughs> follow that train. To find two words live, what was it? Uh, sensibly. Sensibly. And then be like, that's from the Bible, Titus 18:12. Look it up. 2:12. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> there you go. You were really close. Yeah. No, I feel that. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, when talking about cancel culture being spiteful mm-hmm. and hate filled, this is a difficult one because it shouldn't be difficult, but it is. Mm. Um, they bring in Luke 6, 27 through 28, which uh, says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. And this is the one that I want to rest on for a minute because I, I, I mean, obviously, I agree. 
Mm-hmm. I think that we should pray for our enemies and we should have, I mean, I, we should have the ability to say, okay, hang on. This person is a person. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. It's, it's really hard. It's extremely hard. Yeah. But also, I think what a lot of Christian communities try to do is they try to use that as a defense for themselves when they're doing something wrong, they don't want to stop. Yes. And yes. just because we're loving our enemies does not mean we can look our enemy, we cannot look our enemy in the eye and say, what you're doing is hurtful. Right. I love you. And that's why we need to have this tough conversation. Exactly. It's the same way that the whole like, when you have a conflict with someone, you should go to them and work it out in the church with your priest and not like bring it into the light. And that gets used so much for people to be like, they shouldn't have posted that on social media. They should have talked to, they should have gone to their priest to work this out. But then like, it just gets covered up. And so sometimes... (laughs) Sometimes, yes, it's I think I think you're right. The first move is to say, hold on, let me not get over emotional. Let me think logically. Step back. Let me calm down for a second. But then if someone is going to keep doing harmful things, eventually you have to get to a point where you say, "Okay, I'm praying for you. But you got to quit. Right. Like, and that comes back to that whole idea that, like, the call out should be a last resort. Yes. That, like, we should be able to come to each other in these situations, mm-hmm. not just in a community of Christians, but as a, as a world community, mm-hmm. and, like, have those personal conversations. When that doesn't work, and, you know, when we've repeatedly done, you know, and that... Uh, that takes a lot that takes a lot out of the person who is it's who is trying to redirect yeah you know i want to say i want to say you know we shouldn't have to put that burden on ourselves but like maybe we do need to have that burden you know to like keep other people accountable in a responsible christ-like way Mm -hmm. like maybe we need that burden yeah it sucks like a you are your brother's keeper situation Yeah. yeah Yeah, and I think, too, that comes back to, we've had conversations before about how I always feel like your group, your in-group needs to be the one keeping you accountable, which Mm. we kind of already touched Mm. on, like, white people keeping white people accountable. Um, But I always feel like, like, especially when Christians do something wrong, other Christians need to be the one that are coming in and being like, dude, no. Because, and a lot of the time, people in that group won't listen to quote unquote outsiders. Right. Right. They don't have the same empathy. They don't, they get defensive. Um, It means more coming from somebody that you, you know, identify with and share values with. Right. And you're much more likely to be open and honest. Just like if you did something wrong and I came to you and was like, Hey, you know, I love you. You like, Oh, but then I'd be devastated. Don't say that. <laughs> no, no. I've actually been wanting to talk to you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is an intervention. <laughs> Your mom just like walks out of the back the room. The whole podcast yeah. is leading up to this moment. Yeah. It was um, all a farce. It was all a farce. Uh, no, but I, you know, and again, it depends on the severity of what they're being called out for. But um, yeah, I think, you know, you're right. And as Christians... We need to be giving grace, even when we don't want to. Yeah. That's, and I mean, it sucks. Yeah. But I mean, I think it is something 
difficult to do. Yeah. I think that's also one of those things that when, like... Sorry. No, but I don't... I want to be clear in that, like, giving grace looks different in different situations. Right, 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 Like, if someone is abusing you... Yeah. You don't need to be up in there giving them grace and, like, staying with a person who's beating you. No. No, no. You don't need to forgive them and, like, whatever. They need to be held accountable. They need to be held accountable. I do do think that forgiveness is good. um, Yeah. And that, like, we should be doing it. uh, But that doesn't mean that, like, you need to, like let them off the hook right and that's your own personal journey yeah forgiveness that no one can tell you how to do that right exactly yeah again this is a this is a depending on severity situation (laughs) um whereas like because you can you can be you can love your enemies and still you know make sure that they're behind bars exactly yeah i'm thinking more of in like uh some dude on tiktok says something Mm -hmm. that's misogynistic Mm -hmm. It would be really easy for me to be like, I'm going to ruin this man's life. Right. And I will not lie to you because this is couch communion. If we can have a couch confession for <gasps> Ooh, a moment. Couch confession. We, should, we haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah. I love those TikToks where people hunt down people saying racist things on the internet. And, and like then they contact send it to their, their job. <laughs> yeah. Because. That's cancel culture. <laughs> it's cancel culture. And I know that. But then there's another part of me that just, it's all, it's not always, but a lot of the times it's like. Gen X or our parents' generation, the same generation that always told us, the internet is forever and you need to be careful about what you put on your yep. MySpace page because yep. your employers will look at your MySpace page yeah. and your Facebook. And you're right. They do. I think there's something human in that, in that it's, it like we talked about earlier, there's the drama. It's schadenfreude and, a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's something human about, like, it, like, it feels... It feels like justice has been served. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an appeal to that that, like, is natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's, like... I also think that goes into a bigger discussion that is not for tonight about, like, at you know, do employers have the right to fire employees based off them being racist? I would say yes. I would say yes. I feel like that just goes against a good company's value. Yeah, but, see, that's you know, the thing, is that, like there's a clear separation I think between like what culture thinks is okay and like mm-hmm. what is written in the company's mission statement yeah. values <laughs> yeah or like what's in the Twitter's guideline what's in Twitter's guidelines right and, and you know fair use and mm-hmm. all that's st- not fair use that's a totally different thing but community guidelines community yeah. guidelines like there's a difference between like you clearly broke a rule mm-hmm. that you had to follow to be here mm-hmm. and now you are facing that consequence. Right. There's a difference between that and, like, people being called out for stuff that, like, uh, doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of this. And yeah. So, so, like, yeah, I think it's a fair thing to yeah. say. So, anyway, that's my confession. <laughs> well, this is a safe space. Thank you. I also enjoy watching those videos. It's just sometimes the, the, the feeling of karma, the feeling of mm-hmm. retribution does feel yeah. good sometimes. Every once in a while. Maybe we should self-evaluate. We should examine that. Yeah. Do some self-examination. <laughs> um, so this article goes on to say, cancel culture is judgmental. It is. Obviously. Um, which is interesting because the way that they frame it in the article they talk about, um, it says the self-appointed enforcers of 
quote unquote. Here's the thing, too. This is written in in a voice that is just like so self-righteous. Yeah. It's really hard to deal with. Um, but it says the self-appointed endorsers of quote unquote acceptable speech have gone great, to great lengths to dig up material over which to cancel others. People have lost their jobs over articles written three decades ago. Jokes told in one's uh, youth classic literature read aloud and opposite editorials published there's no room for non-conformity or free speech and here's where i'm like hold up hold up hold up hold up free speech is not that's an american institution right um and something that people don't realize a whole lot is not universal Mm -hmm. free speech is not universal yeah are we super lucky to have it yes yeah absolutely i definitely appreciate the institution of free speech. Free speech does not protect you against saying hurtful stuff to people. Right. It You can't be arrested yeah. for saying hurtful things. But you can lose your job and you can have someone punch you in the face yeah. because you're being a Nazi. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that's, that's the difference. Now, where they, where they kind of get it, um, they they bring in Colossians 3.13 where they say, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And again, we come back to this idea that like, yes, forgiveness is a good thing. And it and it should be done in, in whatever way you can. Um, that does not mean whoever needs the forgiving gets off the hook. Mm-hmm. That does not mean you don't have to face what you did or what you said or, mm-hmm. you know, any of that. Right. Like, that still needs to happen. Um, but it's just like a – it's a matter of, like, how mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. And so so the article overall, it's kind of strange. They, they call for a pursuit of righteousness, of godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. First Timothy 6.11. Uh-huh. <laughs> and to – Quote, speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, Ephesians 4.15. And to, the other thing about Christian articles that really gets me is that, like, they throw so much out-of-context biblical, yeah. biblical references in there. <laughs> yeah. that, like, you can't even read the dang thing yeah. because you're trying to weed through it all. Right. It says, and to reject hatred and love others, First John 4.7 and Matthew. But it's like you can just say it. You don't yeah. have to cite it. I know like that we get it. Questions.org or whatever. Got questions is coming from a biblical perspective. I like, guess just we get goes it. without saying. Yeah. Um but the thing that the article doesn't consider is the fact that to speak truth and pursue righteousness mean to hold those around us accountable for the things that are inherently unchristian. Ding ding ding. And so I think the real question here is can we do all of that in a way that embodies Christ? Can we call people out mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is not okay, mm-hmm. and still love them? You know, yeah. which I think that's where cancel culture goes right. Yeah. Is when we give voice to the voiceless, when we speak out for marginalized people, when we speak out for, um, for, societal norms that may have changed because we recognize the harm, mm-hmm. um, and still manage to, have a complete and whole person on the other end of that that maybe is going to learn something. Right. Because it's better to have, to me, it's better to have a productive member of society learn something and change than for them to just go off and be bitter and, like, not get anything out of that. Exactly. And, like, again, not to be extreme, but that's also, I feel like, how extremists 
are born a yes. little bit. It's already, they already have a complex about like, oh, the world hates me and life's unfair. And then they get pushed to the margins even further. Right. When they say things and they don't understand why they're harmful and they perceive that all they're getting is just um, hatred and they don't understand why. And they don't take the time to, like, educate themselves. Again, I'm not saying, like, we're... No one's... You're not responsible for not turning someone into an extremist. That's not what I'm saying. But um, I think you're right. The more productive aim is to breed understanding for why those things are not appropriate And in order to do that, we have to to talk. Unfortunately. We gotta be talking. Unfortunately. Not yelling. Not going through media. Not spending Mm -hmm. time you know retweeting and pressing our faces to our phones we need to be having real genuine conversations yeah and like i think too just the inherent um the the christian perspective of remembering that everyone is i mean like you said a person but like everyone is um just what's the word i'm looking for human dignity I guess, or like remembering that that's a person like as much as I would rather eat a cactus than sit down and talk to Caitlin gun girl Bennett. What's her last name? Is it Bennett? Caitlin Bennett? Something like that. That sounds right. I would rather do almost anything, but like, is that the Christian response? Probably not. Jesus would probably talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) You know, here's the wonderful thing. We, I think Jesus knows we can't be Jesus. Yeah, that's We should true. try. I do my best, you yeah. You know, we should really try, but I think he understands that we can't yeah. be perfect. Yeah. But, like, is she a person? Yeah. Yep. Does Jesus love her just as much as me? Yeah. No more, no less. <laughs> Dang it, yes. Unfortunately, you know. Um, <clears throat> so. We need that on a t-shirt. t-shirt. Does Jesus love her as much as he loves me? Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> I've seen shirts that say, like, Jesus loves the person you hate, and mm. I like it, but... You just need a little parentheses in there. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just, yeah. you know, the value of a human person that is existing, especially on the other side of a screen. Right. Or in the media. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it's really funny... <laughs> I think about this in terms of my toddler, who right now is, um, he's going through a tough stage where he doesn't have the language to communicate what he's feeling, and he doesn't understand everything that's going on. And so this means that sometimes he cries about things for a long time. (laughs) Yes. And it's very hard to have patience in those moments because, um... I know that what he's crying about does not make sense. Mm-hmm. But to him, it makes perfect sense. And um, a lot of the direction that, like, popular parenting culture right now is going is that, like, you don't want to shame them for their feelings. You want them to own their feelings and also, like, provide them with the language to communicate what they're actually feeling and so i think about the people on the other side of the screens Mm -hmm. that are just like screaming all the time and when i'm looking at my toddler who's screaming my brain has to say what is it that he needs right now it's not me yelling at him Mm -hmm. 
And it's not me trying to teach him a lesson. I have to figure out what the root need is Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Then we can start teaching. Yeah. Um, And so, strangely enough, I mean, like, I I can think about, like, people on social media, trolls and stuff on social media in the same way. Yeah. Is that, like, what does this toddler need right now? (laughs) What are they, what's their... What's missing? Yeah. You know? And what makes perfect sense to them that is not making perfect sense to me? Right. Yeah. Right. And then once we we can calm that situation, mm-hmm. then we can have a teachable moment. Right. But right now, it's about like, what's going on here? Yeah. Why are like, you screaming where, on the internet? <laughs> what's the context? Yes. And I, and I think with the, how fast everything moves online, like we don't, we don't have the patience to figure that out. Mm-hmm. That's also nor, very true. Nor the emotional patience. No. And and again, it comes back to like, I sit from a place of privilege to be able to say, yeah. let me take the time to figure that out. Right. Whereas somebody else might be like, you know, this is the 900th time that this has happened today. Right. Um, I really don't have the emotional space mm-hmm. to do that work. Yeah. Um, and so that's where it becomes everybody's responsibility yeah. to shoulder that stuff. Exactly. And I think also just a level of acceptance of... Social media is social media, and it's just going to be that way. And people are going to be upset about something for a week, and then they will move on in the cycle of outrage and, you know, whatever. Um, And so I also think it's important if you love someone and you think that they are being canceled and you see the quote-unquote woke mob coming for them, (laughs) you know, whatever. um, I think that's also an opportunity to slow down. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't immediately be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're being canceled. They've never done a wrong thing in their life. Slow down. (laughs) (laughs) Because, A, probably if it's someone famous, they're going to be fine. They're rich and famous. It's okay. You know, people will calm down. This is just the immediate wave of everyone expressing their feelings. Right. It truly will be okay for the most part, you know. And, And take that time to try to understand why people are upset about what they did. And you don't, again, no one is all good and all bad. Right. People are not black and white. And good people do really bad things sometimes. Do I think that John Mulaney is an inherently terrible person? No. Did I really do don't. Did he do some terrible things? Did yeah. he make some mistakes? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Absolutely 110%. Am I never going to watch his comedy again? No. I mean, yes, I am. I am going to continue watching yeah, right. it. Sorry, I phrased right. that in a bad way. Um. You know, it, am it I going just, to watch it with the context in mind? Yeah. 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 It's going to make me sad every time he talks about how much he loves his wife. Yeah. If you don't understand what we're talking about, he's a comedian. He left his wife. He had a, maybe had an affair. It's hard to say. Hard but to say. He uh, was dating, divorced her, dated someone else. That was a bad decision. Anyway. And then she got pregnant and then they got, and that when he said he never wanted kids. And then, yeah. It was. And now they split. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's, it's just thing. dramatic and. There's a lot involved there. But, you know, so, like, no one's all good. No one's all bad. People can learn and grow yeah, from most things. But also, if someone's a genuinely terrible person committing crimes and actually perpetuating harm... Need to be held accountable. They need to be held accountable. And this kind of comes back to what Adrienne Marie Brown was talking about in her her article. Um, That I think, especially coming from the Christian perspective is is really resonant to me and i and i have to i have to kind of qualify this by saying like the quote that i have here is not talking about christians Mm -hmm. um 
but I think there's something Christians can learn from it. Um, well, it's not talking about Christians exclusively is what I mean. Okay. Um, when she talks about the we here, she's talking about people who are who identify as abolitionists, uh, she says, people in black and brown centered organizing spaces, people who drive cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, uh, we are afraid and we think it will assuage our fears and make us safer if we can clarify an enemy someone a someone outside of ourselves who is to blame who is guilty who is the origin of harm we can get spun into such frenzy in our fear that we don't even realize we're deploying the master's tools and here she's making a reference to a master's tools and like in in, in a, it's a it's a slavery ref, reference a reference mm-hmm. to lynch mobs to witch trials to punitive systems of justice um, that she says are blunt and senseless. So coming back to that idea of like, we have to be able to call out people without becoming the thing that we are trying to eradicate in our culture. Right. And Christians can learn from that. Yeah. That sometimes Christians are the first people to be out there and be like, we need to stop this. We need to shut it down. This person needs no platform whatsoever. Um, because we want that one person to blame Mm -hmm. for all of the problems and for all of the stuff that we think is going wrong with society. When in reality, um, we are causing harm in the way that we're doing things and in the way that we're canceling and calling things out like that. So we need to find a better productive way of doing that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that also speaks to kind of the like – when you cut off one head, two more grow back. Yeah. And just canceling one person that made an insensitive comment. Maybe it needs to be done. I don't know. But it also doesn't address the root right. of the issue. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, if you look at more examples about, like, where Christians should land in this whole world of cancel culture, pretty much all all kind of says the same thing, which is said in a way that's like, it's not us. It's them. Yeah. <laughs> when in reality, it's us. It's all <laughs> us. Yeah. Um, which you'll get into later. Yes. In our following episode. Um, but uh, there's another article, How Should Christians View Cancel Culture? By somebody at compellingtruth.org. They did not give me a name. Anonymous. Um and this is one of those articles that, too, it, it defines cancel culture from an extreme perspective. It says that uh, people demand that offenders be fired, be dissociated from their peers, silenced, or banished from public view, opening the offender up to take uh, to a oh sorry my autocorrect to change it mm-hmm. opening the offender up to stalking or physical violence by highlighting or distributing personal information. Mm-hmm. Which is a far extreme of cancel culture that yeah. I do not agree with. Yeah. People um, do get doxxed, and that is not, not good. good. <laughs> um, but they equate cancel culture to social media dri- a, a social media-driven form of vig- vigilantism mm-hmm. um, that where there's no room for redemption. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. But they're not seeing the full picture. The I nuance. Think. The nuance that's that's there in terms of, like, the productive ways that calling out can help us to understand. Yeah. And they say 
uh, these closely related aspects share a common intent, obliterating all dissent from popular opinion. Cancel culture does more than it than immediate. Sorry. Cancel culture does more than intimidate individuals into silence or compliance. It encourages gestures whose primary intent is to prove one is on the popular side. This is often referred to as virtue signaling. Cancel culture embraces the idea that alternative views are not merely wrong or even dangerous. Rather, simply holding such opinions is considered a criminal act, even treated as a form of violence. Over time, compliance with correct views is driven more by fear than by sincere agreement. Mm. There's so much fear in that statement to me that says um, Christians are afraid of letting go of practices that are hurtful. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to be to blame for that. Yeah. Now, I I mean, when you look at it from one vantage point, they're right. Yeah, like... Like, we don't want cancel culture to become a thing where, like, people just agree out of fear. Yes. That's absolutely true. Sure. When it's coming from a Christian lens, though, genu- generally speaking, like, you're probably the one that is actually wrong. Yes. Like, <sighs> Christians always try, and, you know, I'm using that as a blanket statement, mm-hmm. but, like, the the the, you know the group that outcries against cancel culture in the Christian community is generally the ones that are saying like, my free speech is being inhibited. Um, I can't disagree with anybody, you know, all this stuff. You are totally welcome to disagree with people. Yeah. When you disagree with people and your actions and your words cause harm. That's that's, different. That's different. Yeah. It is different than just disagreeing. You're not listening to the people who saying, who are saying I'm hurt by this. Yeah. And even if them saying that is a little extreme, like I can't think of an example where somebody is just like being butthurt about something. Yeah. But even if it's not genuinely something hurtful, Mm -hmm. the process of like listening to them and engaging in that conversation is so valuable. Right. um, That like you're not going to get canceled if you just freaking listen to people. I know. If you will just. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have to agree. It means that you need to find understanding and you yeah. need to find that common ground. Yeah. Yeah. And I, not to, I mean, it all comes back to JK Rowling, but um, honestly, I feel like so much good could have been done if she had not doubled down oh, yeah. 25 times yeah. on her position. And that's the thing where like, that's the example where I'm like, yes, you need to be called out. You need to be continuously called out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you do need to step down for a minute and take mm-hmm. reassess and reach a level of understanding. You don't, you don't have to be on the same page as me. You need to be in the same chapter though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's Joanne. the problem I think is like when people double down without taking a second to acknowledge yeah. the people who are hurt. Right. I think it's just a defensive, mm-hmm. uh, gut, you know, yeah. reaction. Yeah. Yeah, it was real tough in that PBS news piece to to watch the guy. They asked him. They were like, "Do you regret any of the signatures on this letter?" And he's like, "No, absolutely not. Um, you know, they're not bigots. They're just people who have." And I was like, "Dude, dude. I mean, like, you can say I don't regret it, and also say, look, everybody is a constantly changing. You know, individual who." Mm-hmm you know, 
has space to learn and grow. Yeah. He did not say that. Though. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. My third article um, was Christians in the Cancel Culture Resisting the Allure of Power and Seeking the Good of Our Neighbor by Jason Thacker. This came from the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. And that's really all you need to know about yeah. the article yeah. right there. Um, it, again, takes kind of like an extremist, like, fearful view of, like, this is us, you know, being silenced and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Um, it says, cancel culture will only lead to a segmented society and to a breakdown of civility and public discourse. Ultimately, this can lead to a weak trust in one another, as well as the great erosion of our democracy. Again... Does your democracy have anything to do with your Christian beliefs? And if it's intertwined, we maybe need to assess that. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, slippery slope yeah. argument, just yeah. a bit. But as Christians, we are called to push back against this culture and stand up for the dignity and rights of our neighbors. Yeah, especially your neighbors who are legitimately being hurt by the things that are being said and done. Exactly. And that's the thing, is that like everybody from every side like has somebody they can point to and go they're hurting me mm-hmm. everybody literally everyone mm-hmm. and so we need to listen to those voices not mm-hmm. just say you know i come from the moral high ground mm-hmm. so yeah yeah um but i found that it was uh, a little disheartening to see that like so many articles from like a Christian perspective had the right ideas, but from the wrong side of the fence. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to describe the language that was going on in these articles because it's like, yeah, you're not wrong, but you're wrong. Yeah. Like, you're getting it right, but you're saying it as a defense mechanism. You're. I feel like a lot of Christians... They get it, but, like, their heart's not in the right place. Right. Does that, you right. know what I mean? Like, they're coming at it from an arrogant it, point of view. They're coming at it from the victim's standpoint. Yes. And they should, should be coming at it from the offender's standpoint. Yes. And saying, like, I need room to learn. Mm-hmm. I need room to do better. Yeah. Instead of, y'all need to accept that I have a different opinion than you. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. I think this is a good setup for next episode. <laughs> yeah. Because we're going to continue on this train. Yeah. For a little while longer. We've kind of gotten our bearings in this conversation about cancel culture, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So um, you're going to take us into some of the specifics. Yeah. And the next episode will be a little bit more, I'll be honest, um, uh, stop boycotting stupid things related <laughs> um i i started going down that path and there was really no getting off of it it just went deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. so um i think i think when we originally planned out talking about cancel culture we t- we talked about what is righteous canceling yeah like what is actually okay yeah i think we started to touch on that a little bit yeah and like what is just not yeah okay and then we're gonna touch on the war on christmas that doesn't exist but you know we'll go down that specific lane of cancel culture yeah. so um i'm excited very exciting yes yes but this was good and a good discussion i think yeah i think uh i think the thing to remember about cancel culture is that like it it is a complicated issue mm-hmm. um and we have to be 
you know, and this is a, you know, you know me, this is the theme of my life. You have to be very careful about the words you use. Yes. The language that you use. Yes. And we may not be looking at an issue from the same angle just by a simple slip of a description Mm -hmm. between me describing cancel culture as consumers refusing to participate in you know using products that come from companies with bad values Mm -hmm. or the ostracizing of people for having different opinions about specific political topics yeah that's a completely different vantage point right and so when we look at cancel culture especially from a christian perspective we have to be very specific about what we're talking about and and Mm -hmm. why uh why we're calling out the thing that's problematic yeah yeah good well um thank you for this um deep dive yeah absolutely i enjoyed it and um we will continue this conversation next time in a few minutes for us yeah next week for you yeah (laughs) stick with us Mm -hmm. uh we'll get there well you know and it'll be nice because we'll get back to talking about the holidays Ding, dong, ding, (laughs) dong. Happy holidays. And stay tuned. (laughs) Stay commute. I didn't didn't hit that well, but we're going to... No, no, no. I... Maybe we should do that again. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Feel like that was awkward? (laughs) Nah, get out of (laughs) here. You guys go home. Get out of here. You stay tuned. You stay commute and you go home and you have a good time. Bye. Bye. of Couch Communion was produced by us. We don't have a team for this. Music by Grace Mason. Cover art by the wonderful Sarah Mullins at Dr. Frank and Sarah on Instagram and Twitter. If you like what you heard, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. New episodes every Friday. Thanks for listening. Let's go!